This is a story about control. My control. Janet Jackson is not America's Jezebel. So how did the world so quickly forget her legacy as an icon of body positivity and sensual empowerment? After the 2004 Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction launched a moral panic and FCC crackdowns heard around the world, the FCC received more than 500,000 complaints about that broadcast. CBS was fined $550,000. Janet Jackson was forced to perform public penance. Her music was shunned by MTV and radio stations, and her character was attacked and ridiculed in mainstream media and comedy. Meanwhile, the guy who actually ripped off her clothing, Justin Timberlake, emerged from the incident pretty much unscathed. All the emphasis was put on me, mm -hmm. not on Justin. The fear and derision of Janet, how she was forced to atone and criticized for not seeming to take the situation seriously enough, not so subtly cast her as the caricature of the Jezebel, a scheming black woman seen as threatening society's innocence with a voracious sexual appetite. I'm told that you are a dangerous man, Arturo. I like that. It excites me. The tragic irony of this situation is that Janet's music chronicling her attitude to her own body and sexuality catapulted her to American icon status in the 1980s and 90s. It was music that came out of overcoming the body insecurities she dealt with throughout her high-pressure early life as a child performer. I would literally bang my head up against the wall and I would cry because I, I, I didn't feel attractive. Now, it's time to stop defining Janet by this Super Bowl incident at all. Jackson declined involvement with the New York Times documentary Malfunction, and stylist Wayne Scott Lucas told Page Six she didn't ask for a free Janet documentary. She's not interested. Instead, Janet prefers to tell her story herself in her own two-part 2022 documentary, and it's time to look holistically at Janet's career to appreciate what she's contributed. You have an Oscar nomination for Best yes. Original Song. Yes. You're the first woman to be nominated for a Producer of the Year Grammy. Yes. You have 27 top 10 hits. Here's our take on how Janet is once again taking back control and her legacy of centering female bodily agency in pop. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to be notified about all of our new videos. The baby of the Jackson family began performing for television audiences at an early age. And as one of only three sisters in a male-dominated showbiz family, Janet dealt with cruel commentary about her body from that young age. I got called a lot of names. Horse, pig, cow, slaughter hog. As Janet hit puberty and her career began to branch into television, the fixation on her weight only got more intense. While working on Good Times, Janet was told to take constant care of her figure. He wanted me to go on a diet, and I did. And even to hide her naturally maturing body. I started getting breasts when I was 10 and said, okay, well, we're going to bind your chest. Immediately that says, okay, the way you are, you're not good enough. In her autobiography, Janet explained that this environment of constant body shaming, both at home and in her professional life, taught her that her body was a problem that needed solving and she grew to despise it. Your butt's too big, your this is too big, this is, you know, too small. The well-documented abuse she and her siblings suffered at the hands of their manager father, Joe Jackson, also conditioned her not to externalize or deal with her pain in a healthy way. Jacksons don't cry. 
Instead, she internalized the emotional stress and fat phobia. Everything that I heard, I took it in and it went straight to my heart, to my soul. Overall, this environment of Janet's early childhood sent her the message that her body was either an object to manipulate for profit or a dangerous thing to be feared and controlled by outsiders. Janet's emancipation from the scorn and negativity that ruled over her body and life throughout most of her early career began with her third album, Control. In her late teens, Janet embarked on a music career as a solo artist under Joe Jackson's painstaking management. But after her two records, everything changed on Control, which she released independently of Joe Jackson in 1986. Janet transformed into a self-assured and outspoken woman, shocking a public who knew her as Michael Jackson's baby sister with larger-than-life singles and elaborately scripted music videos. She was writing more openly about her personal tribulations, romantic relationships, and using her body to express those feelings and ideas. Up until Control, it was more common for female performers to use fun, simple concepts for their music videos, emphasizing the melody and the voice more than the choreography. But Janet Jackson showed that women in pop music could communicate nuanced emotions, high concepts, and sensuality with movement. With an infectious smile, high-energy dance moves, and a tight-knit ensemble supporting her, Janet conveyed a visual sense of liberation and joy in her videos and live performances. It was the manifestation of her forming a positive relationship to her body through art and dance. Janet's work in the 1980s raised the bar for women in popular music and paved the way for female artists who would use similarly intricate, expressive choreography. The name Janet Jackson is synonymous with great dancing. I know her moves have influenced a lot of us in the industry. She's mesmerizing. So I've looked up to her since I was a little girl. And the sexually charged element of her choreography was important too. It reminded women in and outside of the entertainment industry that they don't have to adhere to patriarchal double standards or hide their sexual nature. And many of her contemporaries adopted sensual, choreographed dance routines and elaborate video concepts that showed Janet's influence. When this personal and artistic control was retroactively degraded as promiscuous or sex-hungry after the Super Bowl incident, her critics ignored the feminist and self-empowerment themes that contextualized many of her sensual lyrics. The songs on Control were conveying real experiences Jackson had as a black woman trying to break into the music industry on her own terms. I think that's the only way you can really have great success is by taking control of your own destiny. Her lyrics were explicit about her dislike of catcalling, misogyny, and coercion, and empowered consent is a consistent theme throughout her discography. So to dismiss her music as profane or sex-hungry is to dismiss the power of bodily autonomy of women. The clear example that Janet Jackson set is that women deserve to be firmly in control of their bodies and pleasure, and that anything short of that control is unacceptable. Given the context of how much body hatred Janet said she internalized at a young age, it was at first shocking when she showed as much skin as she did in the Love Will Never Do Without You music video. Up until the release of this single, Janet almost always presented herself as sensual and sex positive rather than overtly sexual, often covering herself head to toe in fabric. Yet with every album, video, and performance, Janet revealed more and more of her body and revealed more about her own enjoyment and feelings about the act of sex itself. By the 1990s, Janet had become a bona fide sex symbol, using her body and sensual music in ways that were rarely explored by black women in pop. Oh, what's my name? 
Like the release of control, the unapologetic sexual persona she developed can be seen as another act of rebellion against the systems of her childhood. In her videos, performances, and interviews, Janet was making the conscious choice to express the very human desire for sex and intimate relationships openly, rather than seeing it as a flaw or trying to bury it internally. This sexual honesty set a precedent for countless female pop artists of the last 30 years, like Lil' Kim, Britney Spears, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and Cardi B, who have challenged and changed society's attitude to overt female sexuality. I'm the hottest on the planet, biggest sex symbol since Janet. And while the body may be an important part of Janet's identity, there has always been more to her music. Her discography is full of songs about topics like injustice, heartbreak, healing, vulnerability, and grieving loved ones who died of AIDS. So given Janet Jackson's pioneering music career that gave human sexuality depth in the mainstream, it was extremely ironic and even more frustrating when Janet's complexity was stripped from her after the 2004 Super Bowl. The Jezebel stereotype has its roots in white colonizers' racist characterizations of polyamorous relationships in Africa in the 17th century as stemming from animalistic, out-of-control desire. In the era of American slavery, white men perpetuated the Jezebel stereotype as a way to justify sexually assaulting their female slaves, arguing that enslaved black women were subconsciously tempting men into sexual situations or just asking for it. Continuing this stereotype into the 20th century, black female characters on screen could be extremely sexualized and aggressive or possibly manipulative in their pursuit of sex. You know, just the words that turn me on. And I know what you want to, and you're gonna get it. This idea of black women as hypersexual has had damaging real-world consequences, like historically higher than average rates of sexual assault against black women. We're socialized to not believe black women. We're socialized to believe that we are fast and sexually promiscuous and things of things of that nature. If we look at Janet's persona and career, everything about her clearly runs counter to the Jezebel stereotype. Whereas that caricature is purely fixated on sex, Janet proved herself to be three-dimensional and was always intentional about showing the complex emotions and heart behind her sexuality. The stereotypical Jezebel is submissive and eager to serve, something Janet has refused to be for decades in both her music and her interviews, where she always maintains her power and composure. But the assumption of the Jezebel stereotype is that any misfortune she suffers can be blamed on her own uncontrolled and impure impulses. And that's exactly how the Super Bowl incident was implicitly framed in its aftermath. There has been a lot of speculation about to what extent the wardrobe malfunction was planned, and by whom exactly, but all this is really beside the point. The reaction to and coverage of Nipplegate, or Janetgate as it was even called, was obsessed with punishing her and forcing her to repent. I am really sorry if I offended anyone that was truly not my intention. Janet was coerced into a public apology, which she regretted. Management that I had at the time, they thought it was important that I did. I had said to them, What are you apologizing yeah, for? Yeah, why am I apologizing? She herself even suspected that the mania was being used by President Bush to distract from the Iraq War. While the Village Voice's Michael Musto wrote, 
The fervor with which the right wing tried to crucify Jackson was so excessive that whether or not it was a diversionary tactic, the prevailing mood had broadcasters kissing reactionary ass. Musto also lamented that no stars, who had even defended others like Eminem in his controversies of the time, stood up for Janet Jackson, Courtney Love, or any expression of open sexuality. Suddenly, all the sexual liberation aspects of Janet's career were called into question and reframed as a long line of inappropriate exploits. It's not as if this behavior is out of character for either star. Janet's flaunted her sexuality time and again. When she wasn't being scolded by pundits and the public, she was being made the butt of constant cheap jokes by comedians. Whipping out it on a Sunday afternoon. And a 40-year-old at that. You can't just whip out a 40-year-old. In the course of a single performance, all of the work Janet had done in her thousands of other performances to share the love of her own body was undone. Janet's body was once again up for the same judgment, criticism, and degradation she had experienced as a child. Do you think people were too hard on you? I think they were. I think they did put all the emphasis mm -hmm. on me and uh, as opposed to us. In the mid-2000s, it was a national pastime to ridicule female celebrities' bodies, with Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, and Britney Spears all regularly featured as tabloid fodder for being too thin and too fat. Now, with the rise of more overtly feminist pop stars and damning exposés detailing abuses other female musicians have faced, the public is at last realizing how sexist and racist the backlash Janet Jackson faced after the Super Bowl really was. Online fan support for Janet has grown significantly, while Justin Timberlake was pushed to issue a public apology for failing both Janet and Britney Spears. But Janet herself doesn't personally seem to be dwelling on any kind of negativity or ill will toward Timberlake, judging by her social media and the fact that the stars share a publicist. But initially, Janet did seem upset with Justin's handling of the situation. After he first responded to the controversy with a flippant, hey man, we love giving y'all something to talk about, he then reflected in 2006, if you consider it 50-50, then I probably got 10% of the blame. I think America is harsher on women. I think America is unfairly harsh on ethnic people, but still concluded there was really nothing he could have done in her defense. We haven't spoken, but has reached out to speak with me in my own time. After the Super Bowl, Janet's career suffered and arguably has still not yet recovered to its then stratospheric heights. But while she couldn't control that external narrative, Janet didn't let the intense public shaming dictate her personal narrative or choices. Despite a sharp decline in record sales, Janet continued to make music that pursued new ideas about sex and sexual freedom. Today, new female pop stars follow Janet's path, forcing society to reckon with women's sexuality in increasingly direct and unashamed ways, even though they still do have to push against backlash, reminding us that women's bodies, especially women of color's bodies, are still policed. Seven days a week. Many on Twitter have now declared Super Bowl Sunday the unofficial Janet Jackson Appreciation Day, sharing memes, videos, and memorable moments Janet has given us over the years. And her album Control topped Apple's Top 40 Pop Albums chart in 2021, 35 years after its release. After hearing that her body was flawed, unnatural, and something to be ashamed of both as a child and as an adult, she continues to illustrate throughout her songs that she won't let any of that Jezebel molding control her. Her body, her sensuality, and her autonomy are nothing to apologize for. They're sources of power. Janet Jackson is not a Jezebel. She is our icon. You're the first and only artist in history to have seven top five hits from one album. You are unbelievable. 
The Take is now available as a podcast. We're just getting started, so take us with you. Thank <laughs> you.